Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, what the heck happened last night in Anaheim? I'll talk about it along with Sarah Avampado on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is Tuesday. What a bizarre game that was. I'm your humble host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we have a lot to talk about, so we'll get right into it after I say you could hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Rate, download, subscribe if you haven't already. On Twitter, I'm at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Let's get right into it. It will be just me for the first segment. After the first intermission, I'll be joined by Sarah Avampado once again from Locked on LA Kings to talk about what, what happened what happened yesterday. I still can't figure it out. Uh, I'm going to keep this a short segment because I know that Sarah and I are going to talk for a long time. We know that's going to happen. So let's start right at the beginning. Starting off in the first period. Okay, poor Adrian Kempe at the start. Kevin Shattenkirk had a nice dangle move on Kempe on the right side. And that was a terrible turnover by the LA Kings. And maybe Kevin Shattenkirk is finally finding his form. But man, Adrian Kempe just got embarrassed in his own zone. That made it one nothing Anaheim. And then later on, Adrian Kempe redeems himself and the Kempe show began. Oh, Trevor Zegras looked bad defensively on that play. That made it one-to-one. But then the second Anaheim goal, that was all. Max Comtois, yes, the goal went to Ricard Raquel. That's fine. And Getzloff did get a touch on that. But I got to give a lot of credit to Max Comtois for digging the puck out just behind the net and getting it right to Ricard Raquel, who has been hot recently. Raquel's fifth of the season Comtois continues to stay hot. His first point of the night made it 2-1 Anaheim. And then things got really out of control. Dustin Brown, he scored his 13th of the season. You heard that right. Dustin Brown scored his 13th goal of the season. If you would have told me before the year that Dustin Brown would have a shot at 20 goals, I would have said, oh, you're so full of it. I expected Brownie to get maybe... 14 or 15 goals this season and have some kind of renaissance, but not like this. Not like this. He's already exceeding my expectations as far as I'm concerned. So that was his first. And Ajay Kopitar with his 23rd assist of the season. If you had told me that these two veterans would be doing as well as they are, yeah, no way I would have believed you. And that was a power play marker for the Kings making it 2-2. But then after that, The former king, Ben Hutton, finally gets off the schneid and scores his first of the season on a very fortunate bounce. So that made it 2-3 to in favor of the Ducks. Wait, are are you for real? The Ducks scored three? They're winning? Whoa, what is this? Then later on, guess what the Ducks did? They scored a shorthanded goal. I've said plenty of times, the power play has been decent for the Kings. The penalty kill in general, had been good for the Ducks. This time, they nailed the shorty, making it 4-2 Anaheim. So Silverberg's sixth of the season. Oh, but guess what? Adrian Kempe comes back on the power play. Kempe does his thing. So does Drew Doughty. Yeah, it was Drew Doughty right there on the pass to Andre Kopitar, who got it right to Adrian Kempe. Kempe... Did not miss that at all. He got all of it. Gibson looked like a fool. It was 4-3 to three Anaheim at that point. 
But then Ricard Raquel gets his second goal of the night also from, hey, guess who? Max Comtois. This was Comtois' third assist of the night. Just collecting those apples, baby. So it was 5-3 Anaheim going into the second intermission. Yeah, Adrian Kempe is really good. But Ricard Raquel on the backhand, that was a fine goal. So we're on hat trick watch for both Ricard Raquel and Adrian Kempe. And you know what happens soon after that. Well, I got to give a little bit of credit to coach-elect Gordon Bombay for uh, pointing out that I said the Ducks will score again. Yeah, um, we, we see how well that went. Yeah, jinxy jinxison. Okay, sure. I may have jinxed it a little bit, maybe. But you know what was worse? Trevor Zegris not getting ice time. At the end of two periods, he only had an ice time of about 5 minutes and 20 seconds. That's it. Through two periods. He had only three shifts in the second period. He had one shift at 4.08, then at 8.30, then at 9.45. He didn't see the ice for the last 9 minutes and 23 seconds of the second period. This would continue later on. I'll get to that. But it was 9.5 minutes where he didn't see the ice. That sucks. You cannot do that to the young man expecting him to gain confidence. Well, that's just not going to happen. So once the third started, yeah, Zegers was out there right away. But you know what happened after that? Andreas Athanasiou scored his fifth of the season. That made it 5-4 Anaheim. And then very late in the game, Kempe, oh no, yeah, he, he pulled it out. I brought out an old audio clip that I'm going to refer to right now. This was in the 2017 Calder Cup playoffs where the former play-by-play for the San Diego Goals, Craig Elston, on the call, he simply said, Kempe, oh no. In fact, I'll play that clip for you right now. Kempe, oh no! Goals fans, you probably want to forget that one. Rain and Kings fans, you're going, oh man, I remember that. Yeah, this was with about 12 seconds left on the clock. Adrian Kempe scored the game-winning goal in the playoffs against the goals. 12 seconds! 12 seconds left! My goodness, but that's going back about four years. So, back to this game. Trevor Zegris was not seeing a lot of ice time on the last little bit. In fact, Trevor Zegris' last shift ended with 7.54 left in the third period. And you know what happened after that? Kempe scores the hat trick. He gets the oh-no moment from Ducks fans. That was his third of the night, his ninth of the season from Roy and Dowdy, making it a 5-5 to tie. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. The Ducks blew a two-goal lead. So then we go into overtime. You know who's not on the ice in overtime? Trevor Zegris. What happens when Zegris finally enters the game? He gets a game-winning assist. And he's out there with Adam Henrique and Kevin Shattenkirk. I kid you not. So the assist went to Shatty, then to Zegris. The perfect, perfect pass to Rico. That made it a 6-5 final score in overtime. And can you believe it? The Ducks have a two-game winning streak. Let me let me repeat that. The Anaheim Ducks have a two-game winning streak right now. Despite the fact that Adrian Kempe netted the hat trick. There was so much unbelievable about this game. And I'm just going to talk about this for one minute. Trevor Zegras seemingly getting benched. 
he didn't play for nine and a half minutes at the end of the second period. Then he didn't play for about nine minutes from the end of the third going into overtime. And guess what happened during during those 18 minutes? They got scored on. Repeatedly. Dallas Eakins, what are you doing? The strategy isn't to bench the young kid. In fact, time on ice, he only had eight minutes and 46 seconds of ice time. That is almost the worst on the team. But when you consider that the players less than him were Troy Terry at 519, he left because he got injured. Then you had Josh Manson, only 10 minutes. He also left the game because he was injured. So you already have two injuries to deal with right there, Terry and Manson. And you would think after Troy Terry left that Zegers would get more playing time. Uh, no, he got by far the least amount of playing time for all the players that were there at the end. The next lowest was Nick Delorier at 12 minutes, then Sam Steele at 12 minutes. The ice times jump up after that. It is a big difference when you see Zegers with only 8 minutes and 46 seconds. I've talked for long enough, and it's going to be even longer because Sarah Avampato is about to jump on the show. She's going to jump on momentarily. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. If you drive a Ford, a Chevy, a Toyota, just your basic everyday car, then rockauto.com has the parts for you, and they are family-owned and operated for over two decades and the cost is consistently less than those big box stores. So head over to rockauto.com and in the how did you hear about us box, tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that's rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Coming up after the first intermission, and very soon I'll be joined by Sarah Avampado from Locked On Kings to try to make sense of what the hell just happened. Stay locked in. Well, that was some kind of game. And joining me is my favorite frenemy, the podcaster that is too sexy for the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Sarah Avampado, straight from the north side. How's it going? I still don't know what I watched. What happened? How did those goals happen? Why were there so many of them? Why? Wait, actually, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to do to you what you did to me on the last episode. So a lot happened on that game. So I'm just going to ask you the first question. Why? From a King's perspective, it's because they were like turnover machines and they played sloppy and they didn't help their goaltender out. And Curtis McDermott was in the lineup for some reason over other players who would have contribute a little more and uh i think overall both teams just wanted to make us very frustrated and that is what happened tonight by the way just as an aside did you like the little shoving match between zegris and mcdermott i did i don't did anyone tell zegris that was not a good idea <laughs> no zegris <laughs> shoving him at the very end i was like oh no 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 don't do that don't poke the beast he doesn't know what will happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be unfortunate. Yeah, Zegris wasn't around for all those classic goals versus rain matchups. He has no idea what he's in for. <laughs> Which, by the way, I've already played this clip a couple of times. But Kempe, oh no. 
<laughs> I mean, it, that that was like a psychic bit on your part to uh, to pull that Kempe Ono goal call back up, uh, which was, uh, as I was telling you, one of my just one of my absolute favorite goal calls that I. I absolutely like died laughing when it happened Uh, and every so often it bubbles back up uh, into public consciousness and I I die all over again because it's hilarious. Um, Adrian Kempe is for as much as he has been sometimes rightfully, sometimes wrongly uh, criticized by people over the years. um, Todd McClellan kind of called him out recently for, you know, not really putting forth Mac Max effort in games. And McClellan essentially said, you know, when he's doing everything, when he's, you know, trying hard in all aspects of his game, he's a great player. When he's not, we basically have a guy who's a passenger. And Kempe heard that. And since then is I believe a more than a point per game player. Yes. Since he is. that uh, that uh post game call out from his coach. So He's making it happen. He better damn well make it happen. And of course, this just goes along with the entire theme that Kempe loves playing the Ducks slash goals. You know, we've seen this from him before in the AHL. We've seen this from him in the NHL, where he will respond to the coaches, to the critics, to everybody saying, oh, you cannot do this. Yeah, he he just proved you wrong, folks. He proved everybody wrong. Uh, He's done this pretty much his entire playing career where he sometimes plays with a chip on his shoulder. You've seen it. I've seen it. Is that a fair assessment of how he plays sometimes? I think it is. And I think especially as he's gotten older, I think he's, I mean, older, he's like, what, 24 or something? Like, he's still so very young. (laughs) But like, as he's been in the league longer, I feel like he's been able to harness that better. Um, I feel like in, in past seasons, that sort of chip on my shoulder, I have something to prove uh, style would also manifest in taking a bunch of really stupid offensive zone penalties mm-hmm. and, you know, just not you know playing angry, but not playing with a purpose. And I, I feel like, especially this season, he's been a lot better at being able to translate that, like, I'll show you kind of thought into actually being good all the time. And I feel like that's happened with Zegris right now because Zegris was very frustrated early on in the game. Obviously, he took that bad penalty early in the game. And that's not like Zegris to do that right away. You can tell that Zegris is playing with a massive chip on his shoulder. He still does not have a goal in the National Hockey League. I mean, hell, he finally scored an overtime point in, or last night. Yeah, it, it's kind of a growing pains for those kind of players that have a lot of, I guess, hype around them. Because I remember the hype train around Adrian Kempe back mm-hmm. in 2016. He was one of those guys, along with Johnny Brodzinski, along with Michael Murch, who had a lot of hype mm-hmm. around him. You know, those rain teams back in 2016, they had a lot of fantastic, talented players that are now doing pretty well in the National Hockey League. But Kempe is right there among those players. And I could see him just really moving forward, continuing on this torrid pace. He might score one or two more goals on Wednesday night's game. That just damn well might happen. I hope it does. Maybe he'll get another hat trick. That would be fun. No, don't wish that on Ducks fans. I mean, it probably could happen. It might happen the way he's played. Like, oh, you wasted a hat trick on this. Hey, it's happened with the Ducks too. (laughs) 
It happens to all the worst teams. Yeah. Trust me. Help me out here. Zegris is still playing. He has to be in contract. Oh, we do have to make a correction and retraction from the previous show. We have to do this right now. There should be a little sound clip saying, Corrections and retractions. <laughs> Thank you very much, sound effects person, which is me. So I mentioned on the last show that Zegris is probably not going to play any more games because they do not want to burn the year off of his contract. Well, guess what? The contract is now valid and Trevor Zegris is officially a rookie and in his first official season in the National Hockey League, which now means that his contract expires at the end of the 2023 season, which might be okay because if Zegers keeps getting benched the way he is then maybe he won't be gathering that much money on his next contract re-signing which will be in 2023 so maybe there's that reason for it but there's really no reason to bench him still right especially after the Ducks lose not one but two players in the middle of the game and I feel like that happened very quietly like I don't even remember seeing the plays where they were injured and then i just you know saw beat reporters tweeting out that that you know the ducks were now down two guys and yeah of course trevor zegris's ice time picked up after that and i think that he from an outsider perspective i feel like he especially in this game especially in his performance in overtime is kind of saying to dallas eakins and the, the coaching staff like hey i'm here like yeah, but the but the thing something with the this. thing is, his minutes didn't pick up after that. He was on the ice a little bit, and his time on ice picked up somewhat, but not. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So the update right now is Troy Terry's out with an upper body injury. Josh Manson is out once again with a lower body injury. Josh Manson just came back, folks. He just returned from being injured. And now he's out again. What say you, Sarah? Like that, I mean, that it's, it's unfortunate. And, you know, we look no further than the curious case of Martin Furk, who played a whole nine minutes of game this season before injuring himself again. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we had, you know, high hopes for him being great depth scoring for the Kings. And instead, uh, he is on Furk Island, apparently. How sad. Well, I mean, what do you make of the fact that Zegris got benched despite the fact that two players are out and Troy Terry was out. I mean, it's, it's very, it's curious asset management. And yeah. <laughs> if it, if it was like, if we were talking about Joel Quenville here and benching a young player who, you know, has star potential, who, whatever I would, you know, probably give it a little more thought of like, okay, what is the coach trying to do here? Like, you know, and and I use Quenville just as an example because he is a, a coach who's notorious for not trusting a young player unless you play exactly how he wants you to play. And so, like, I kind of know what his MO is when it comes to, to young players. And if a guy is getting benched or getting low ice time, you, you can usually figure out why it's happening. I don't know that there's, like, a rhyme or reason. I don't know what else Dallas Eakins wants to see from Trevor Zegris. And, and like, I know you've talked about on, on your show, like... The Ducks aren't going anywhere fast this season. Like the, the the playoffs are 
you might as well just like live without them. Playoffs. And so why not? Why not give him the big minutes, especially in a big rivalry like this? Like imagine if Trevor Zegers scores his first goal against the Kings. Like Ooh. the 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 and I fully expected it to happen in this game, honestly. Um, but like that would be huge. Like the fans would go crazy and it would be a great moment for him. And it, it's just curious. like I just wish I knew what was going on in Dallas Eakins' head as to why he was not giving Zegris like the opportunities. Does he say anything? Like, does the media even ask him what's going on? Here's a hot take. The media might be too afraid to ask him, and I don't think Zegris is really happy with what's going on. Here's an even hotter take. Zegris might be so frustrated that he might demand a trade either this season or next season because he's not getting the proper chance. I mean, I'll take him. We can reunite him with his best friend. You know how many other teams would take him right now? There are 30 other teams that would play him more than eight minutes a game. It's ridiculous. You know what else is ridiculous? Some of the I lines on betonline.ag. We were wrong. We'll, we'll so admit wrong. it. We were way wrong on that. <laughs> the next game is expected to be six goals. Yeah. Who knows? They might go over on that now, but we don't know. Anyway, uh, betonline.ag is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. They are your trusted online sportsbook. And Sarah, I'll let you talk about BetOnline for maybe 30 seconds. Uh, So BetOnline is basically the best place you can go to find all the information that you need on sports scores, odds, percentages, spreads all sorts of mathy things that are just totally outside of my world of numbers but bet online is basically the place that we think is the best and if you're not into sports betting you can also bet on things like award shows or reality tv so they've really got all of your bases covered it is the best way to place your bets it's free to sign up and we have a great deal for anyone who is heading over there to the website betonline.ag or using their mobile device uh, to sign up for an account, they can get themselves, you right now listening to this show, can get yourself a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. Uh-huh. And uh, how how can they do that? How can they get that bonus? By using the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Thank you so much, Sarah. And once again, that is betonline.ag the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. So, reality reality TV, huh? huh. Yeah, I, I guess. guess. I, I, it's a thing. Yeah, we could talk about that on the other side. You can send a wire by telegram and also get the news by teletype. Now we look at Mars through a telescope. That's communication. As smooth as the other side of the pillow. And welcome back to the Locked On Kings and Ducks crossover part duh. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and she's the other host, Sarah Avampado, from Locked On Kings. My team scored so many goals and still lost. (laughs) I'm confused. Okay, so I have to go back to reality TV here. Yes. Do you know what reality TV shows are on Bet Online? Because... I'm sure they could get a lot of mileage out of The Bachelor or stuff like that. Have you checked at all? I have not, but I assume The Bachelor is a big one. I know people who have done, like, Bachelor brackets and stuff. Get out. So I I can only imagine 
that Bet Online has a has a has you covered for that one. I should pull it up and look. So I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned this to you in all the times we've hung out, but um, I think I've mentioned to you that I do some swing dancing on the side. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever mentioned to you that I've actually done it professionally. Hmm. Yeah. I so something new every time we talk. I know. So this might be for those unaware. I have professionally danced in Orange County for a long, long time. Um, I used to be part of this troupe that was based in Orange County called the Bobby Sox Brigade. And we would dance a lot out of what used to be a place called... um, Okay, so we used to dance at Disneyland all the time. If you are a Disney pass holder and you went on a Saturday night and you saw those swing dancers right next to Sleeping Beauty Castle, I was usually there. I was amongst... Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, I'll share pictures at some point. <laughs> but I was among those pro swing dancers at Disneyland. And we've performed at Disneyland for Dapper Days. That'd be us performing. Yeah, that's, This is amazing. That's a real OC connection for y'all. <laughs> oh, man. So I bring up dancing because amongst a lot of us, we would have Dancing with the Stars brackets. And we would Ooh. go completely berserk. When someone that we thought was a legitimately good dancer would be ousted by some random celebrity that got all the votes because, oh, they're famous celebrity A and famous celebrity X, Y, and Z. <sighs> That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you are into a competitive swing dance betting, maybe uh, you can find that on betonline.ag. Go check it out. And uh, who knows? Who knows what's on there? Maybe someday uh, someone can... Uh, once once Disneyland becomes a thing again, uh, you, we you can you can pay, place some bets on 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 that. Who but, knows? Bet online; it has everything. They're not going to bet on Disneyland swing dancers. Come on. I mean, it would be funny. Yeah, I see my name on there for what the most swing outs or long. Actually, you know what? <laughs> That'll be another conversation for another day. <laughs> there's there's a lot of conversations we could have there, but. Speaking of things happening in Orange County, what the hell happened at the Ponda last night? I mean, my gosh, we're still talking about the bizarreness of that game. I brought it back somewhat-ish. Uh, speaking of dancing circles, Adrian Kempe danced circles around the competition, but Trevor Zegris danced circles at the very end with that nice assist to Adam Henrique. I loved your tweet after that. I absolutely loved Loved your tweet. I'm going to have you read it out loud, not me, because I feel like it's better straight from the source. <laughs> so, yeah, after the game, I'm watching it and uh, I see what happens at the end. Zegris to Henrique for the overtime winner. And I, I type I type out on my little Twitter machine. Um, of course, Zegris, he of the limited ice time and Henrique, he who was recently waived, team up for that goal. Like there was no other way like. <laughs> karmically for this game to end than for those two like unless like Ricard Raquel put it in off of his face or something um like I or, or like Kempe own gold it or Curtis McDermott scored on his own goalie like he almost did earlier in the oh game oh my god yes um, I, I feel like Zegers to Henrique was just a perfect way for that game to end for from your perspective from my perspective it was garbage but you know <laughs> It's the perfect. If you're a Ducks fan. It's the perfect encapsulation of this entire season. 
see, this is what happens when I watch Jeopardy. I use five-syllable words, like encapsulation. It's a good one. Oh, thank you. It's a $10 word. But, man, of course Zegris got the assist. Rico, really? And not only that, Rico had another point earlier in the game. So Rico had a two-point night. I think the only other way that the game could have ended, which was I was torn between it was going to be Zegers scoring the goal, because I just assumed the Kings were going to lose. Like, I just figured that was what was going to happen. assumption. Yeah, but so like I figured it was either going to be, like, Zegers or we would have had the dueling hat tricks of Raquel scoring oh. in overtime. And then, you know, he and Kempe can throw all their pucks at each other or something. <laughs> You only wish that would happen. I mean, it would be hilarious. Another hilarious way to end this would be if, like, it was tied after, like, ten runs of a shootout. And then you shoot on, like, the opposite end from the opposite blue line or something like that. Don't put that evil into the world. We still have one other game to play. Oh, right. We have one other game. Yeah, I'm going to predict the Kings come back and win that one. Yeah. I'm putting that out there. I'm sorry, Ducks fans, but do they want to tank still? Like, do they still want to do that? Or, it depends who you ask. Hey, you know what? GM Bob Murray just gave himself another couple of weeks of job security. Yeah. He's going yeah. to he's going to convince fans once again, hey, look what happened. The Ducks won two in a row. Maybe they're still a playoff team. We're only a few points out of the playoffs. Anything can happen. It's hockey. Uh, no, no, it can't. Bob Murray, you're lying to us again. Can I share a fun fact that I just learned? Please do. Adrian Kempe is the first Kings player to have a hat trick against the Ducks. I'm surprised there hasn't already been a hat trick against the Ducks. Is, is that for real? Fox Sport, uh, per, per Fox Sports West. No, shut up. I will retweet it right now. Yeah, it feels like a, a made-up st- statistic, but... Um, I mean, I'm choosing to believe that they're not lying to me. <laughs> Well, son of a gun, I just saw that. <laughs> I had to type that like, no, this can't be real. Apparently that's true. So yeah. for those of you keeping track on Locked on Jeopardy, which will be tomorrow, by the way, hint, hint. That'll be on a future episode of Locked on Jeopardy. Adrian Kempe, the first ever LA Kings player to score a hat trick against the Ducks. First time in that heated rivalry. I can't believe it hasn't happened before that's wild (laughs) it's not as wild as minnesota coming in but sure it's it's wild (laughs) enough that was a terrible joke i am it was i i apologize to you to the listening audience (laughs) that was awful i take full responsibility for that i mean it it makes you say campe oh no (laughs) yeah it's it's gonna make you say what craig campe oh no I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of that four-second clip. Oh, yeah. For the, for the Especially for the upcoming five-game set later in the season. I'm going to bring that clip back, and I'm sorry, Craig Elston, but it's going to keep getting mileage. Campaign! Oh, no! What? You're enjoying this. I, I am. I mean, the Kings lost, so I don't have too much to enjoy, but Adrian Kempe hat trick, I feel like... Is is a pretty solid thing to enjoy. Adrian Kempe hat trick and another sick goal from Andreas Athanasiu. Oh my gosh, that was a filthy goal! And like Dustin Brown continues to be like, ha ha ha! I look at you aging, and I laugh. Like, okay, let's talk about the aging, the quote unquote aging core for a hot second before we wrap up. Um, 
What's up with that? You know, I I think like th- there's a funny answer to this, but I think the serious answer is that the the Kings have gone so long in this sort of mediocrity and you could see especially on guys like drew dowdy who kind of wear their hearts on their sleeve or whatever Mm -hmm. that all of the losing and all of the struggle and all of the like attention for being bad was really weighing on them and to me it sort of feels like um well a the fact that we had basically a year of off season really helped guys like dustin brown who is probably always banged up in some way um you know heal their bodies get in better shape you know do whatever off ice training they needed so i think the the older core had the time to you know rejuvenate themselves right. because they weren't you know they had a year <laughs> where they weren't doing anything uh but i also think that it's it's also the, the psychology of it of coming in this year and you know things haven't been always great they have lost games like they did this one they have played poorly but i think that everyone on the team is starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel and i think that that makes everyone kind of you know play with a a jump in their step or whatever and makes it a little easier for these guys who everyone is basically like you're old and decrepit in hockey years um for them to come back and say actually no look i'm still good and i'm still important to this team and dustin brown has so many goals this year (laughs) it's unreal and i think having at least the one point was more important for the kings the one Mm -hmm. point meant more for the kings than the two meant for the goals because the kings are more likely to be in a playoff spot rather than Anaheim, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, how how do you want to hear... Do you want to hear one more little nugget as far as Adrian Kempe goes? Yes, I do. So this is not the first time that Kempe has terrorized the Ducks organization. I knew I was recalling this correctly. So you know I kind of have like a weird like memory when it comes to past minor league games. Like, mm-hmm, I, don't mm-hmm. know, I don't know how I recall these sometimes too. And I remember correctly. Adrian Kempe has scored a hat trick on these guys before in the American Hockey League. Got to go all the way back to November 5th, 2015 at then named Citizens Business Bank Arena. Adrian Kempe got a hat trick in one period against the San Diego. Yes, one period against the San Diego goals. Guess who was in net that night? Was it John Gibson? It was John Gibson. (laughs) Oh man. And I I didn't want to bring it up during the game because I didn't I didn't want to jinx it. But I said, <laughs> "Can you imagine if this happens again?" And lo and behold, it's happened yep. again. So, I'm sorry Ducks and Goals fans. You're probably thinking, "Oh, have I seen this before?" Goals fans, I brought back that memory. I'm sorry. But I have seen this before, and I kind of had to think for myself. I remember that now. I remember that's when the legend of Adrian Kempe was born. In Southern California, because that was yeah. early in the season. And Gibby had this look like, are you freaking for real? And you know, I bet I know what Craig Elson said at the end of that third one. Campaign! Oh, no! <laughs> I'm going to keep playing that. I'm just going to keep going with that. I think that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I know I host a Ducks podcast and I host Goals Thursday, but I'm sorry. <laughs> like, It's such a good call. <laughs> it's, it's such a good call. And... That just encapsulated everything about the goals playoff run in 2016 and 2017. My God. So yeah, Kempe has had a hat trick before and then scored two goals on them in a playoff game later that year. So yeah, there you go. It's happened before. That's why you were not imagining things if you're a goals fan. 
That's my boy. Yeah. Six years ago. My God, I can't believe I remembered that. In fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find the highlights for that and post it up along with this episode tomorrow. So I'm going to write it down as a reminder to myself <laughs> because I'm going to forget. Let's see. This game took place on November 5th, 2015. Campy hat trick against San Diego. Against John Gibson. Again. <laughs> Gibby is going to have nightmares about this again. Can you imagine like five years later? Like, ah, oh, nightmare. <laughs> random nightmare. This kid Kempe. again. Yeah. <laughs> and then imagine him tonight. I barely got this freaking kid out of my nightmares and he does it again. You're welcome, Anaheim. <laughs> uh, sir, I'm going to let you talk for the next few minutes and wrap up. So say whatever else you want to say about this bizarre game. I mean, it was not the game we expected uh, from from a Kings perspective. I, I mean, like you said, it was more important for the Kings to get this one point than than for the Ducks to get the two points. And but it, it feels like one of those games where at the end of the season, if the Kings do their classic, we missed the playoffs by three points kind of thing that they have done uh, before in, in their their tenure. It's games like this that they're going to look back on and be like, how did we squander this? Uh, I think that there's. Uh, th there's a lot of things that they can improve on and that they, I think, know that they did poorly, uh, that they were too sloppy on, but uh, they've got a short turnaround time to uh, to fix it uh, before we play again on Wednesday, once again for a national audience so everyone can see one of our team's great shame uh, when the game is over. <laughs> and where can the fine folks find your podcast and the national show? So you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. You can find this show on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Uh, it is, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the national show, Locked on NHL, of course, also on your favorite podcast app. On Twitter at Locked on NHL Pods. Uh, I host the Monday and co-host the Wednesday editions of the show, looking at big stories from across the league. Uh, one cool thing coming up later this week on Locked on Los Angeles Kings is uh, the Ontario rain have two new broadcasters yes. who are going to be uh, taking care of some games as this season goes on uh, and i will be having both of them on the show uh, josh schaefer who comes from arizona state university who uh, did play by play for their men's hockey team there uh, is taking some games and then i also talked with francisco x rivera who does the spanish language broadcasting for the kings and is going to be making his english language hockey broadcasting debut uh, this week so i talked with both of them about sort of their paths to hockey broadcasting and uh, their thoughts on on the opportunity to announce games for the rain so i'm really excited about both of those conversations so and i think that they will be fun regardless of what team you are interested in uh, so uh give them a listen on locked on kings and that's all i got for you i'm going to be completely honest here and i'm going to give you a lot of praise for this so this is going to be like me really giving you all the praise for getting my boy Josh, but also Francisco. This is a big deal for me personally because me being a Latino in the hockey world, there are so few of us. And to have Francisco come on and in a sense make history, to me, this is a massive deal. And I'm only sad that I can't actually be there for that because I have other commitments. But I will for sure hear that game afterwards and I will be super proud because like I said, there are, there are so few of us. I mean, talking with um, Jesus Arate from the 49ers and he did the ducks broadcast for Spanish language last year, you know, having the representation I personally feel is very important. So I'm going to say this to all ducks fans too. You should definitely check out that episode 
where Francesco's. I mean, check out the one where Josh is there too. That's my boy Josh. He's really good. But especially check out the one with Francisco. I think it's going to be a fantastic listen for everybody. So check that out. I cannot say much more about it. So I'm glad you got to do that, Sarah. Really glad you got to do that. It was a lot of fun. It was really nice conversations with both of them and uh, both good guys. And I'm excited to hear uh, hear their calls. And hopefully they this extends past uh, past this season and we get to hear more of them in the future. Oh, God, I really hope so. All right. Um, I got to talk about my podcast, which is you do. Locked on Anaheim Ducks. And I have something special going on tomorrow, don't I? I think you do. And I think you had a little bit to do with that, didn't you? Just a little. Just a little. Yeah. So tomorrow is going to be the Tournament of Champions for Hockey Jeopardy. We're going to have three of our favorite hosts, Cal Demetrius from Locked on Sharks, Laura Saba from Locked on Canadians, and Trey Matthews from Locked on Devils. They have each won before, but which one will be the victor supreme? Find out on tomorrow's podcast. Tell everybody you know. In fact, Sarah, to help, help me out here. Why should they listen tomorrow? Maybe clue them in on like one reason why they should hear tomorrow. Um, one reason is because Cal Demetrius is a pure like chaos agent, and I'm pretty sure that the show just goes off the rails. And if it does, it's because of him. Um, also, several of the questions I, I may or may not have uh, had some help in in creating, and I think personally they're really good questions. There's a personal favorite of mine that you helped concoct <laughs> that I thought was hilarious. But you'll have to tune in tomorrow. Sorry, you'll have to to tune in tomorrow to find out what I'm talking about. You see what I did there, huh? I sure did. All right. Um, I'm on I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD. Uh, the show's Twitter is at lo underscore ducks. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe to both of our fantastic podcasts if you haven't already. Uh, subscribe to both of ours, and also you can hear our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Sarah, I can't believe we're doing this again. We didn't plan on this, but this game was too wacky not to talk about again, right? It really was. (laughs) It was ridiculous. It was chaos. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to end this chaotic podcast by saying, on behalf of Locked on Kings and Locked on Ducks, I am Jason J.D. Hernandez, and... I'm Sarah Affampato. And... (laughs) And good night, everybody. What was that from? I don't know. But good night, everybody. Stay safe. Practice social distancing. Be kind to one another. And ducks fly together. Quack, 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 quack. She's never going to quack again. Not after that game. (laughs) 